and welcome to TV Talk with the Sisters. I'm Karen. I'm Regina. And we want to welcome you to our eighth episode. We're excited about this show. And today we're going to talk about something that I absolutely positively love, 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 love. Loves it. Gangster movies. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Love me some gangster movies. Okay, first let me tell them the story about this first show we're going to talk about. Because I had to tell you for like months to like, you need to see this show. You need to see this show. And you were like, okay, whatever. But I told her, I seen this show and I was like, oh, you're going to love this show. You should watch it. Now, it's not easy to find because it's only on the Epics Network. And so you really had to, you know, find out one who was streaming Epics and, you know, if it was something you wanted to pay for and that kind of thing. But this show was totally worth it to me. I saw this show and I went, wow, this is good. My sister who loves gangster movies is going to love this. Was I right? You were right. You were right. I actually, uh, it's also on Apple TV, if you have Apple TV. And it was, it was really, it was good. Uh, it was it was good. I mean, of course, let's put things into perspective. The Godfather will always be at the very top, the Corleone family. But this one is a very good uh, second. It's a very good second, maybe second B, you know. Not <laughs> but second B. So... It's a it's a pretty good it's a pretty good and and it's different because it is about um, black gangsters, right? So, right. Too. so that's going to be the theme of the show today. We're going to talk about some black gangsters, but there's going to be a very Italian lean in it. Of uh, the first show. I'm sorry. The first show we're going to talk about is The Godfather of Harlem. Yes, yes, that is a great movie. Well, it's a series. Remember, it's a series on epics. Yeah, well, I say movie. I'm sorry. I meant TV show. It, it was good. It was good. That was the one that's also on, on Apple TV. The Godfather of Harlem uh, first premiered September 29th, 2019. Cool little show. It is shot in Brooklyn. And as we say, it's on epics and Apple TV. Right now, it's finished up its first season. There's 10 episodes. This is produced by ABC Signature Studios, uh, Significant Productions, and Chris Bran- Brancato. Brancato? Uh, Brancato. Something like that. But great job with this show. I mean, just the whole thing. I, I love the feel of this show. I love, I mean, cinematically, it's beautiful. I think they put together a really good team to do this show. And of course it's starring Forrest Whitaker and he is playing um, African-American gangster Bumpy Johnson. And I'm gonna let you explain who Bumpy Johnson is. Okay, so because I am the gangsterologist in this family, let me just explain that to you. From the very first time I saw the Godfather movie, I convinced myself that I am part Italian and that I am uh, a Carleone. And in that same vein, I'd love the Golden Girls because of Sophia Petrillo, who's also from Sicily. I mean, I just love stuff like that. But this particular story, The Godfather of Harlem, 
is about Bumpy Johnson, Ellsworth Bumpy Johnson, who lived in Harlem. Well, actually, he was born in South Carolina. And he left South Carolina because, again, the racism, discrimination. Uh, I'm, if I'm remembering right, I think he may have killed a white person. And so his mother and his family sent him to New York to live with his sister. And it didn't take long for him to kind of get into the underworld of uh, New York and Harlem. And he was, uh, you know, running numbers. He actually was, you know, running numbers and even built his way up to the upper echelons of the business. And, okay, so Dutch Schultz, who's also a well-known gangster, had beef with Bumpy. In other words, they did not get along because Dutch wanted to take over Harlem and Bumpy was like, no, Harlem is mine. And so once they had their little beef, but once uh, Dutch died, Lucky Luciano, who's also a gangster, uh, took over Dutch's business, but he told Bumpy, you can have Harlem, which, you know, you're like, thank you so much, but I already got Harlem. But anyway... So they just stopped, you know, they didn't bother uh, Bumpy, whatever he did down there, he did. And so he kind of became this heroic figure in Harlem to black people because this was during the, you know, 20s and 30s and 40s when uh, black people were very much living under Jim Crow and dealing with segregation and discrimination. And so you have this black figure in the community who, although he's breaking the law, he was still kind of taking care of them. Like if you knew Bumpy Johnson, then you were, you know, you were in the know. And he would protect them and take care of them. Like at Christmas, he would give out turkeys or money or whatever they need. He was truly the godfather of Harlem, which that name is kind of a play on the original godfather, uh, Mr. Carleone, and if you're familiar with that movie, you know, opening of the movie is his daughter's wedding and people are coming to him asking him for favors and kissing his ring and stuff. That's kind of like who Bumpy was in Harlem. And this particular series picks up when he is released from prison and he's going back into Harlem He's been out a while and he's going back into Harlem and things have changed a little bit and he's trying to kind of work his way back into the game in Harlem. So it was it was just really an interesting story. And the title character, Bumpy Johnson, is played by Forrest Whitaker. And Forrest does a great job. Uh, it's one of... Yeah, it was one of those things. He didn't play it like, you know, as you would you know, pictured gangsters, they real rough and tough and, you know, ready to fight and stuff. You know, Forrest came in, this is a totally different direction, which probably drew me more into the story than not, because there was sometimes he just didn't know what was going on and he was just trying to stay afloat, you know, like everybody else. Yeah, those were parts and we talked about this. There were some parts where I was like, come on, man, you a gangster. Why are you doing all that crime? Why are you looking all weak and sad? You know, it was it was very much not just about him being this, this central figure in Harlem, but also this older man who has been away 
and now he's coming back and Harlem has changed and he's trying to figure out where he fits in and everything he knew has kind of shifted. And it's like, you know, I'm still Bumpy Johnson, but I'm not real sure about everything that's happening around me, you know? So there were some moments where he'd just be sitting there looking out sad and, you know, disoriented or whatever. And I'm like, come on, man, if you're going to be a gangster, I need you to be a gangster. You're going to cry. Don't, I don't need to see you cry. I need to see you be a gangster, Bumpy. Come on. So that that part was a little unsettling for me because, you know, Don Corleone, he wasn't sitting there, you know, crying about mess like that. Not until he was real old and he died in that garden or whatever. But, you know, other than that, Don Corleone was like, come on, let's do this. Let's, let's go. I'm a gangster. You know, I ain't no choir boy. I'm a gangster. So those parts, they showed the soft part of, of Bumpy. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I like that. I appreciated that. But I also appreciated the actor, Nigel Thatch, who played Malcolm X. Wow. Wow, for real. Blew my socks off. I I loved it. I loved every moment of him. I was inspired. I was ready to march. I was ready to fight. Whatever Malcolm was doing on the screen, I was ready to do here in real life. This guy, this actor, Nigel, knocked that out the ballpark. He did a wonderful job. I, I um... I wasn't aware of the connection between Malcolm and Bumpy. I mean, the 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 series is not portraying them as like best friends or anything. They mm-hmm. have philosophical differences. They are both trying to improve the lives of people in Harlem, but in different ways. But the guy who played Malcolm X, I mean, already have utmost respect for Malcolm X. Why is you will leave there with it? Just the manner in which he he went about doing stuff was absolutely yeah. amazing. You know, because normally we think of Malcolm as this brass, aggressive, fist in the air, by any means necessary, which is okay. You know, we like that too. But I think he's portrayed in this movie as this intellectual, rational man who truly, truly has a for the people of uh, Harlem. And he's really, truly trying to make change, a positive change in their lives. He's no less, you know, the Malcolm from the books that we've read, but this is just a more intimate picture, which is so crazy because I don't want my gangster crying and all soft, but I love seeing that side of, of Malcolm, you know, on us to humanity so you know that's on me i'll go to therapy later but right now i really do like that another actor who just really showed out in this was giancarlo esposito he played yes. adam played powell jr oh my goodness he was hilarious yeah what, what did you like about him i liked him too but what stood out for you i think he showed me because you know so so many times we see folks from that era and they have them portrayed a certain way. And he just showed him as this womanizing, I'm going to do what I want to kind of thing. And it kind of like the conflicts he had with Dr. King and how he like, come on, uh, 
I'm gonna go on to this march in Washington and see what they what let's see, let's go see what they doing. You know, it wasn't like I want to participate, I want to be he had his own agenda, the things that he wanted to do, and he did them. And yeah. I just love that about it. I love the way it was played. I, I love the story. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I'm sure people who are actually from there who live through the experience probably understand these things about the characters that we who don't live there, who've just been told these things in history books and passing by, mm-hmm. are just kind of going, wow. But it really has given some of these characters some more depth. Yeah, it, it is. And that's the good part about this show also is they're, they're not just showing the good parts. They're also showing some of the flaws of all these different men. But it's such a... When you take it as a whole, you think, okay, going in the Godfather of Harlem, you're talking about Bumpy Johnson. But then you see Adam Clayton Powell, who has his own following through the church and the people of the community because he's a congressman. And then you have Malcolm X, who set up this drug rehab in Harlem, and he's bringing in people, and people are uh, becoming part of the Muslim faith. And they're each Godfathers in their own way within the Harlem community because you know us as a whole we're so diverse and have different needs and different wants and those men were coming to the people from different uh, ways trying to fill that need or at least help them become better people so I mean it's it's really a good series it is I love the music they tried to stay with the whole feel of the 60s a lot of the a lot of the music is original that they created but they it all goes with that 60s beat that you know you have that kind of Motown feel that kind of uh you know hey it's 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 really good and I enjoyed the music I I just enjoy the whole feel of the production yeah, you felt like you were there in Harlem and it made Harlem look so desirable for people on the outside. Like, yes, look at it. Oh, it was black love. It was the music and the people and the neighborhoods. I mean, they didn't shy away from the poverty that's there or the drug use that's there. But they also just kind of showed you the sense of community in Harlem that I really and you know what? They use some of the uh, same Italian actors you will see in some of the other gangster movies. You're going to see, you know, the Paul Savinos and the Chaz Pomerazzi's and um, Vincent D'Ofrenio. Baby, <laughs> yes. he played the crazy man like the crazy man. Didn't he? He played that role. I love him from Law and Order, Criminal Intent. But then this one, I was ready for somebody to punch him. Yes, yes. Isn't that interesting that in all of this that the show gave us, there was always this undertone of the Italians on the kind of outside, even though him and Lucky Luciano had that agreement. This is years later now, and the Italians are like, screw that. We want, you know, what we want now. So they're trying to push their way in. Yeah, yep, yep. But... So let's rate this one on the, um, we going to keep it, or we going to say this is a bomb, we all in, or we going to let it go. What you got? What you got? You know, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I wasn't at first. I'm, she's not She's not lying. It took me a while to get around to even watching The Godfather of Harlem, because I'm like, oh, what is this? Because, you know, watch The Godfather, you're thinking, come on, can't nobody, can't nobody, you know. But... 
when I watched it, the way they told the story and the story they were telling drew me in. And now I can't wait for season two. Yep. Season two is coming. So I can see what happens next because uh, Bumpy Johnson is a very, he's a very interesting uh, fellow. And I want to see the progression of this Malcolm X character. Yeah, because the thing is, they're, they're telling this story along with history. And so you will have, you know, historical things happening as these characters are living their lives. And like I said, the March on Washington. And I think right there towards the end, it was the assassination of JFK. And so it's yeah. kind of like, oh, so you get to kind of, so they tell the story within the confines of history. And so it is very interesting, but I am definitely all in on this one. I think they have done a great job in telling this story. I don't know how true it is. Cause you know, a lot of folks be like, ah, they've taken some theatrical license. Ah, they've done, you know what? If you want to know the history, you need to do some research. Okay. Don't yeah. look at anything on the screen and just think that's telling you the truth. Not even the news. Do some research. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That That is true. You may have to try to go find a book or not a biography or biography of Mr. Uh, Johnson. But they tell a good story. They do. They tell a really good story. It will keep you entertained. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. So, and kind of moving from Bumpy... Yep, we move on to someone who came, who used to run with Bumpy. And, yes. uh, but the, the fun thing about this movie is this movie was made in 2007. And of course, it is starring one of my like all time favorites. This, the movie is called The American Gangster. Yes. On Denzel Washington. And this yes. is the story of Frank Lucas who was, he was one of the guys running with Bumpy in the 60s. And so, you know, and of course, again, everybody disputes the story, but you know what? There's something there. There's something in this man's life that made them say, you know what, we need to tell this story. And they did a fine job telling the story in The American Gangster. And this movie opened October 19th, 2007 at the Apollo. And it was open to the rest of the country on November 2nd, directed by Ridley. Uh, it was a Ridley Scott, Brian Grazer film or production starring Denzel Washington, Russell Crowe, uh, Amada Asante, and I can't say it now. I've been practicing all day and I can't say it. Tuati, I can't even say his name. I'm so sorry, dude. I practiced all day and I lost all it. Day. And and you lost it. You just I lost. know. But American Gangster is I mean, it's it's so great to see it uh, follow the Godfather in Harlem because the story goes, and again, we don't know if this is one hundred percent true, is that Frank Lucas was the driver for Bumpy. Johnson. Some say he was just one of the many people out on the streets working for Bumpy. He said was the driver. But anyhow, once Bumpy died, Frank stepped up to take over Harlem. And that's kind of the story of the American gangster. It is Frank Lucas taking over in Harlem, uh, running the drug trade. And it occurs by what, late 60s, early 70s, mm-hmm. when Karen was flooding the streets of Harlem. And 
the interesting thing about this that, that's different is this story totally focused on just Frank alone. It also focused on the police officer who arrested him. And I thought it was so beautiful to be, uh, to watch Godfather because it was all about us in the Godfather. When you get to American Gangster, you have these competing storylines with, you know, the black man and of course the white man is going to take him down and blah, blah, blah. And so I was kind of like, uh, okay, okay. We can't have a movie that's totally just about us with just us in it. Always going to be, you know, somebody else in there. But it still told a really good story because it was about Frank, how he got his business up and running, how he got his family involved and running, help him run this this uh, business. And he eventually gets arrested and he testifies. Um, against the police officers that had been shaking them down for years. And, you know, the guy who arrested him eventually went to law school and became a lawyer. And he, you know, was a prosecutor who helped take down all these other police officers that was taking money from these gangsters based on Frank's testimony. And uh, Frank's testimony helped him also to only serve about, I think, 15 years in prison. And he got out. And it is a true story. Frank's life is a true story. And he kind of helped take down two-thirds of the New York City Drug Enforcement um, Unit because they were all scamming money from, from the drug dealers. But, of course, Denzel does a great great job as as Frank Lucas. I mean, he was pretty ruthless. He was. He was. He was he was very ruthless. And I remember one of the things that you said that I thought was pretty profound. Um you said that there was this great white father who comes in and saves the day. Yes. And I was like, you know what? I remember just I mean, I re- I probably saw this movie when it came out in 2007, but today sitting watching it, I was kind of like rooting for the black guys. I was like, no, no, don't go that way. The police are coming. No, no, don't do that. Cause you know what? If everybody is corrupt, you just kind of like, okay, the police are corrupt and the black guys are corrupt. I'm rooting for the black guys. And so I was just like, no, 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 no. And I was sad when they all got called and I was like, dang, black man can't have nothing. (laughs) Yeah, but you know one thing that the American Gangster did, and I give them this, even though they brought in the, the white savior, so to speak, they also exposed the corruption within the police. So they weren't just showing black people were selling poison to black people. They also showed white people were coming in and profiting off of that. The people who were supposed to be protecting and serving were profiting off of that and allowing that poison to continue to flow in the streets as long as they got money. And I appreciate them for for showing us that part of it. And uh, just saying, you know, nobody's hands are really innocent in this whole dynamic. And, you know, a lot of folks have uh, complained about, you know, oh, this isn't true. Frank Lucas didn't do this. Frank didn't do that. 
and he lied about this. But you know what? Let me tell you one thing that just totally caught me about this entire story. This man, and this is like the power that's within our community, okay? This man saw a vision. He said, you know what? I need to cut out the middle man. So in the late 60s, this brother got on a plane and went to Asia and found a source where he didn't have to use a middleman. Yeah. I was like, okay, he done learned something up under Bumpy Johnson. He learned yes. anything that the middleman is the one to keep you down. Yes. And wasn't that amazing? And and in watching the movie, he pays a lot of homage to Bumpy Johnson as far as he said Bumpy taught him how to, to run a business mm-hmm. and pretty much build up an empire. And he just decided, I'm not going to the Italian to get my dope. I'm going on a plane to Korea to the man who's out in the poppy fields making it. I'm going to go there and get it and fly it back. And uh, all told, said in the end, the government ended up uh, taking $250 million from Frank Lucas. Wow. And that's just how much he had when they finally caught it. Okay, now say that again. Say it again. Say it again. You know how much they he had when they finally caught him was two hundred and fifty million dollars. The government confiscated. So you know it had to be more than that because he had lived well for many years. You know, he set all his brothers up in businesses and had offshore accounts. He had homes all over the world. But when they finally got him, all told it was two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yep. That man was a very smart, enterprising man. Yep. You know, you just think, wow, you were able to build this. And, you know, it was so uh, Corleone-like that he brought his family into the business. Yes. So he learned something from the Italians. He did. He went down to, because he was from North Carolina also. He was another young black man in the South who had gotten into some trouble and his family sent him up to New York also. And, uh, so he went back to, to North Carolina and got all his brothers and his mamas and his cousins. He brought everybody up and he set them up in business and everybody was in this family business. And so you see that model in the Italian mafia that it's, it's truly a family and he's the head of the family. So you saw that, but there was this one part where they were uh, out at the airport trying to check the coffins because, you know, the story goes, he was shipping the heroin back to the U S and coffins that they would put dead soldiers in. So, so Crow and the police were out at the um, airport trying to check the coffins to see if the dope was in the coffins. And I think it was a U.S. attorney or somebody that stopped them and asked them, what were they doing? And they said, put on good authority that Frank Lucas is uh, shipping dope to the U.S. through these coffins. And the guy was just like, are you kidding me? And he said it so plainly, and it was so blunt, but it was so true. He was like, a nigger never do anything like that. Only Italians do stuff like that. And it was just like one of those moments, one of those moments where it's like, that tells you how big Frank Lucas was. 
that he was at the level of the Italian mob and he was doing it under radar until they finally got wind of it and thought, wait a minute, you know? And even uh, there was a scene where him and Russell Crowe were, were talking when Russell was trying to talk him into testifying against people. And he said, you know, you need to think about testifying against the Italians because you are their worst enemy. They want you off the street because you uh, represent progress and they don't want progress, you know? Yes. Just old facts. So this man had to fight the police, the Italians, Jim Crow, segregation, all of this. And he still had $250 million. Of course, it was on the backs of his people who he poisoned and murdered. But right, right, right. Yeah, he Definitely. was a pretty central central figure in it. And, um, and I liked American Gangster. I did. It wasn't as... Um, not as brutal as say the Godfather or Goodfellows. Which, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Goodfellows yeah. rough, but it it just showed him trying to build this empire and all the things he was up against. I think his biggest enemy was police, and not because he was selling drugs. Was I think it was because he was a black man with money. Yeah. Yep. And so, but yeah, and so these two these movies. Wow. It it. It tells a story. It's a story our community probably isn't proud of, but it's a story of, I mean, it's it's part of us. It's part of the history. It's part of who we are. Yeah, it, it, and it's probably still going on in a lot of our communities now. You have um, drug dealers or pimps or whatever you want to call them now who are idolized in some of these communities because they help. Mm-hmm. In or the church won't step in. You have these people stepping in and helping, and people give them a measure of respect, which is sad that we have to decide that, okay, we're just going to go with the criminal because the criminal helps me. You know? Right. Well, also because, I mean, if you think about some of the enterprises that these people come up with, um, they can't do it. I mean, if they were to work at a legitimate job, they would be stuck in something low paying. They wouldn't be able to do the things that they do to help. And they wouldn't be able to accomplish the things that they're actually accomplishing, making yeah. the bad money, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, when it comes up to it, it's like, <laughs> do I work for the man and make scraps or do I work on my own against the man and I can help my community? Yeah, I mean, that's legitimate with all the uh, discrimination and racism and Jim Crow that these people were experiencing. They knew they would yeah. never levels of success. Right. And and to see Bumpy or, or Frank get there, it was a it was a big thing. It was, you know, and he, they were in their community, like right. in their streets, even right. in their restaurants. You know, that was a really big thing. Yep. They wouldn't live in someplace else and come into the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like other folks do. Once they get some money, they move out the hood. Right. I'm gonna drive to stay go in to the hood. <laughs> right. I'm dropping in to go to church, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. These folks stay in the hood. Yeah, and that's that was that was so interesting to me. And have you noticed in most God uh most 
mafia movies, there's always this underlying theme of religion. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. It's, it's like these people, you know, you're murdering, raping, pillaging, pulling, pulling people, uh, filling people full of poison, but I'm going to make that 10 o'clock service and I'm going to take my mama to church. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I did at the end of the gangster where he was at church with his mama. <laughs> I actually made it through the Irishman where he was saying goodbye to Russell. Russell said, where you going? I'm going to church. And he said, yep, Russell went to church. Then he went to the hospital. Then he went to the graveyard. I was like, <laughs> That's. I mean, it's, it's almost as if they don't equate what they're doing with, with religion or Catholicism or Christianity or whatever their religion is. There's always some religion, whereas most people think of, of uh, gangsters and mafia and mobsters as godless, heartless people, but they have some level of respect for the church, and I, that always baffled me. Well, think about it. These people are, I mean, we are somewhat set apart from it because we are not with that evil day-to-day. Mm-hmm. No, we are not with murder, kill, all that kind of stuff going on. And so we are not faced with it. Think about it. If you are faced with this kind of stuff every day, yeah, you are face-to-face with God every day. Yeah. You know any moment, especially in that line of work, you know any moment you're going to be looking Jesus right in the face. That's true. <laughs> you know, That's especially... True. In them, in them gangster movies, folks hit shoot you in the back of the head. You never see it coming, boo. That's you know, and that's that's a very good point. The the humanity part of each of them face evil every day, and they know it's evil, but they still yes. face it. Day. So there's some part of them that wants to at least connect with the other side. Yeah, but here's the truth. We all face evil every day. Yeah. We just think that our evil is less than they evil. Yes. <laughs> so we don't really think about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We'd be like, well, yeah, I know stealing is wrong, but you know what? That man is so rich, he ain't going to miss this. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Or I know I didn't tell them everything I was supposed to tell them, but that lie ain't going to hurt them. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Right. And so we kind of like placate our little sin, whereas they know they sinning. They flat yeah. out, honestly, know, you know, I'm going to shoot this fool in the back of his head. He's going to be gone. But they know they sinning. And so they're face to face with that. And so you know what? They was all black, white. You know, They was all about some, some kind of religion. They was all up in it. They, they would. They had a certain level of of reverence for the church not not the level of reverence reverence that would stop them from saying murdering or raping or killing but a, a level of reverence that said you know what i need to go to church and at least go and see or be in the presence or light a candle or something because you yeah. know in my mind i'm thinking hey if i'm just gonna be out here sinning just I ain't trying to go to church if I'm sinning that's gonna interrupt my sinning I don't need nothing to interrupt my sinning I'm gonna keep on and then when I'm ready to stop sinning then I'm just gonna go to church that was just like okay we just going to search church here in the middle of our sinning and we're gonna find mm-hmm. we just gonna it's kind of like they had these rules you know yes. we can do this but we can't do that we can do yes. this kind of like us we got rules 
We got yes. rules around our church, which makes everything palatable. And they got rules around their church that makes everything palatable. Yeah, it's it's just weird because you, you watch these movies and you think they're the worst people on the face of the earth, but there's always religion. They're always in some church or going to a baptism or father or they were choir boys or... Or that stuff was really important. Yes. Like you would yes. think, why would you even care about marriage and having a big ceremony in a church where you go through all these vows and stuff if you're going to go get a girlfriend and hang out with her anyway? Right? Like you're going to go and have a big church wedding, but you still got five mistresses. I just, I don't know. But you know what? It ain't for me to figure out. It ain't mm -hmm. for me figure out but nope. it's so interesting that you see that theme in these movies you see that yes. see family is very important in all yes. these in yes. all these movies they want to have family they want family to, to stick together to be you know they surround themselves with that so their core values are very similar to a lot of people it's just their methods that they use to go about Getting what they feel they need is just—I mean, it's just the devil. I ain't no need like I like gangster movies, but they're just the devils. They the devils times fifty thousand. And I mean, just you know, and watching the the black gangster movies, you still be like, you know, how poisoning us, brother? Black lives matter, fist in the air. Why you selling us, you know, pure heaven, brother? Come on now. Because it was making him rich. <laughs> oh, it made him incredibly, incredibly rich. You know, it's like, dang. So that's how it is, huh? All right. But again, I love both both series. I loved American Gangster. I think um, Denzel did a great job. I loved he had all these Black actors in there. It was like T.I. and Common and Ruby D. And I was like, yes, all Black people got a job because this Everybody movie. got a check from that one. Okay, you get a check. You get a check. You get Cuba a Gooding Jr., remember him? Ooh. Oh, yeah, Cuba got a check. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Let everybody get a check. So that was that was really good about American Gangster. And in The Godfather of Harlem, I think they introduced a lot of black actors and actresses that I'm not familiar with. You yes. know, that was good too. So they introduced us to to new black people out there acting. And so I was like, yeah, fist in there. Black, black. Like Antoinette Crow Legacy. She played Elise yeah. Johnson. Baby, that girl played that role. She did good. She, she did, did really good. Oh she my goodness. That, that girl. Baby, I, I hope somebody sees her performances and and puts her to work. She needs to work more because she was just amazing. She was just she was. She worked that one, girl. She worked that one. She did. So, so I give you two thumbs up. Yep, I am all in on both of them. Yes, two thumbs up. Well, thank you very much for joining us this week on. TV talk with the sisters. We have had Gangsta Day. We show sure appreciate y'all. You can check us out on Twitter and leave us some comments and let us know what you think about this episode. And we really appreciate you guys listening. Tell your friends, drop us some comments, share our podcast. Drop us a line on Twitter at TV Sisters. Thank you for listening, and y'all have a good week. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for joining us for this monthly podcast of TV Talk with the Sisters. The music for this podcast was created by Dave DeBerry.